CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. We'll do it live. Fuck it. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, Feb 24, 2022. And this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, hello, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, day 402 of the Biden-Harris administration, 257 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram, TheBobSeska is my handle, and on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. And look, sitting right over there, it's the goth ninja. It's uh, Jody Hamilton. She's from the From the Bunker podcast, patreon.com slash from the bunker. She's also on the Stephanie Miller show, stephaniemiller.com. In case you don't know already, duh. And David Ferguson, we call him T-Rex. His music project is Astral Summer, astralsummer.bandcamp.com. All right, good day to uh, both of you goth ninjas. Um, it's uh, it's going to be one of those shows. We have lots to cover today with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, another slow news day here. <laughs> As we dive in uh, to our Thursday show, I want to say here right at the top, I want to talk about how exactly we're going to be covering this. And those of you who follow me on Twitter have already read me ranting uh, about what I'm about to say. And what I don't want to do here, mainly because, you know what, there are a couple of reasons. One, I don't want to spread misinformation. Two, this show has a long tail to it. So we're recording this in the middle of the afternoon on Thursday. Some of you aren't hearing the show until Saturday, Sunday, Monday, etc. So us like breathlessly jumping on and going, oh my God, I just saw on Twitter there was a bombing in this town and then the there are dead Ukrainians and the Russians are seizing coming. I don't want to do that. As I said, it's partly because there's so much misinformation all over social media right now. I don't want to fall into that trap of breathlessly covering breaking news events on the ground, specifics about you know bombings, military engagements, or anything that's not like 100% confirmed by more than one mainstream news source. Uh, I refuse to just do the doomcast thing with this. Uh, because there's so much, there's just so much crap out there. And, and here's a, a great example as to how doing that sort of thing can seriously backfire. I mean, we're just generally speaking, lay people in all of this. I mean, obviously, we talk about politics for a living. But at the same time, we're not on the ground in Ukraine. We're not seasoned foreign correspondents for news outlets and so on. Uh, one of the best. Just speak for yourself, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. One of the. Uh, the pipe up there. 
One of the best in the business is Richard Engel from NBC News. And this morning, he inadvertently tweeted unsubstantiated news and had to retract it. And he's one of the best, as I said, one of the best foreign correspondents in the business. If it can happen to him, it can happen to anyone. So fucking be careful. And this is one of the first things I woke up to this morning. Turned on Twitter and went and looked and saw Richard Engel tweeting, advisor to Ukrainian interior ministry says Russian forces entered Chernobyl and that fighting there destroyed a nuclear waste storage facility. And then my, my first reaction was, holy shit, what is going on? And then he tweeted a follow-up tweet connected to that one, sort of as that reply, and went like, whoops, sorry, it's not destroyed. <laughs> And that was after everyone had been retweeting it. Um, yeah. You know, it's been obviously discussed elsewhere uh, on yeah, other Tom shows. Tom Hartman was talking about it this morning. Yeah, exactly. And it turned out to be not true. And as soon as I tweeted like the cautionary tale on Twitter, as soon as I quote tweeted that, he had already deleted it. So mm. thank God he at least did that. But it was already too late. Having been on social Isn't media. Isn't Chernobyl com- like completely deserted? Yeah, well, there is a staff That's kind there. of like a weird, like the, there's like a village and it's completely empty. So like, way to go, Russia. That's a hell of a military objective. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are. You get, grabbed they, the, new, the, compl- the site that's so radioactive that nobody on earth will live there. Yeah, there is a yeah. Ukrainian staff that is guarding that facility. So there are like people there. Six guys there. with a stapler. Yeah, well, no, it's bigger <laughs> than that. There's, you know, obviously yeah. there's guards, there's staff. They have to keep an eye on this massive uh, ground zero of that uh, Chernobyl meltdown. They have to keep an eye on it. Yeah, making obviously, sure. but yeah. still, yeah. that's some prime real estate, Mr. Putin. Congrats on that. Well, yeah, know? I mean, that's that's an interesting point. Donald yeah. Trump's going to open a golf course there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if Russia wants to seize Chernobyl, which they already have, Russia has seized Chernobyl. If they want to keep it, it's all theirs. They should have been the ones cleaning it up in the first place anyway. But these are say the broader point here is to please my god be aware of rumors and disinformation on social media triple check everything before you retweet it again retweeting blurts by randos is only going to inflame this crisis and we don't want to uh inflame this crisis this is part of the huge problem of how our fucking media is driven by this kind of like knee-jerk attention span like my you know micro blogging Mm -hmm. like twitter is made to disinform oh yeah yeah Yeah. i mean it really like there's no real consequential subject that you can cover Mm -hmm. in 200 characters it just it's where nuance goes to die yeah, and misinformation yeah. goes to breed and infest and proliferate. And there are quite a few trolls out there right now. Bots, trolls, obviously we've seen yeah. the usual suspects with random name followed by a series of numbers. And the MO with those people is to hide reply block. You know that process. They appear in your comments and your replies underneath one of your tweets. Hide reply block. If it's on Facebook, Delete the goddamn comment. I mean, you can smell these things did. like a fart in the car. Yeah, exactly. I just didn't. I know the person. Yeah. But I just did. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's it's so crucial that we not end up in this cycle of disinformation and repeating it and, you know, all kinds of uh, disaster tweeting going on. And I know there's, um, we all mean well, right? We all, our intentions are good because we want to inform the people who follow us and, and we think we're spreading news and so on and making sure that Again, everyone speak for yourself yeah go on <laughs> well i'm not speaking for myself my intentions aren't good 
I'm well, here to burn shit down. Am I on the wrong show? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about some people who, uh, you know, they feel like when they retweet some bit of information that they're standing in solidarity with Ukraine or whatever, whatever the motivation actually is. The point is, though, that we have news reporters on the ground, and that's not to say that they're going to be accurate anyway. The key here is to wait until the news is actually funneled through the, the process of journalism, not just some screech on Twitter. We don't want oh, to amplify gatekeeper? that. Yeah. What, so we can get it from the MSM? Like, <laughs> what, what, what's, what's wrong with you today? <laughs> I'm feeling particularly contrary. I'm just going to be a skit really? in the bicycle spokes of the show today. Okay. That's just my plan. So uh, let's I do, do want to say something about yeah. disinformation, yeah. though, and misinformation. Uh-huh. Um, one of the things that I think history will remember this moment that's kind of gotten lost in the wash of the back and forth is the amazingly intricate dance of intelligence leaking that the Biden administration did ahead of this invasion. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is some ninja shit. (laughs) Like, because they got out ahead of it and we're like, oh, yeah, you know, Putin's going to invade on, you know, this day at this time. And Putin's mm-hmm. like, what? You're being ridiculous. And meanwhile, yeah. the satellite imagery shows troop movements, you know. And it's like, I just, I've got to say, like, this is like ninja statecraft. Yeah, like, yeah. To be mm-hmm. able, and I know Putin is insane to figure out who is leaking <laughs> yeah. from his inside circle. Because somebody's leaking the plans ahead of time. Yeah. You yeah. know, they were like, you know, Russia's going to do a false flag. And Russia was like, you know, hiding the flag behind their back. Like, I have, n- I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, you're yeah. being ridiculous. Yeah. You, you always assume the worst about us, you know. And it's like, I'm hurt. I'm hurt and offended. Yeah, that's their whole thing. Yeah. So I've been uh, impressed. Like, you know, it's nice to have professionals Mm-hmm. at the helm in a time of crisis. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, Joe Biden might as well just say, all your base are belong to us. I mean, that's how he should telegraph these things to Vladimir Putin because he's one step ahead of whatever Putin's doing. And Putin's like, oh, Biden! <laughs> Jesus. Damn you, Biden! But yeah, yeah, going back to what you were just saying, David, is this is exactly why it matters that we have sane, competent leadership in Washington. I mean, I, I tweeted her late last night. I said, you know, Joe Biden may not make your socks go up and down every day. He may not blow your skirt up every day. But you know what? I'm relieved that he and his team are running things right now and not that fucking slobbering clown and his Klansmen. You know what I mean? I, I can't even imagine where we would be right now if Donald Trump and all of his minion were, uh, uh, you know, controlling things in Washington right now. It'd be a fucking nightmare. Uh, shit show. It would be a total shit show. Congress yeah. would be feverishly trying to enact economic actions and sanctions and yeah. he would be just like that. well he didn't enforce the sanctions before why would he even try to do new ones now exactly remember right. yep, yep he never mm-hmm. enforced sanctions before that's why they didn't work they weren't fucking enforced that fucking piece of shit motherfucker and people are dying right now motherfucking piece of shit i'm sorry <laughs> jody's already war podcasting now she's just yeah, i'm mad let, i'm fly. fucking mad full I'm arlie army yeah. <laughs> i'm kind of impressed that you showed up with a full camouflage face paint today <laughs> That's a new look on you. It looks um, good though. You know, it's a, you know, yeah. I used to wear an army hat as a kid, so it's it's working. I'm a fine. little scared. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to like, cut my throat when I go to light a cigarette, you know? Yeah. <laughs> God. Well, you know, I want to talk about uh, Trump here in a little bit. We'll come back to that because uh, you know, there's a whole I've got a whole section here on my list about the Quislings, the Fox News people, the, you know, Trump and Mar-a-Lago. Mm-hmm. 
supporting Vladimir Putin in all of yeah. this. We've got uh, a couple of audio clips, one from Tucker Carlson, another one from Steve Bannon and Eric Prince that uh, are just mind-numbingly awful. So we'll talk about that here. You didn't in just get second. the one uh, where he's talking to Laura Ingram and he gets totally confused about who the bad guys are and oh, he's yeah, using that yeah. amphibious now, assault. I don't have a clip of Trump because I always get complaints whenever I play his voice on the show. So what happened was is Donald Trump was being interviewed by Laura Ingram and Laura Ingram said something about an amphibious assault engaged by Russia against uh, you know uh, Ukraine. And then Trump was like, what are you saying, Laura? You shouldn't say that because he's Amer- and And he's thinking he's, we're, that Laura was talking he's about America. The Biden church. administration shouldn't be pushing us out through the great Laura Ingram. It should be a secret, right? And yeah, yeah. Well, he was right. He was thinking that Laura Ingram was revealing troop movements by the United States as if America was engaged in an amphibious assault on Russian troops in Ukraine, which is just madness. And that's not what she was saying. But Trump, obviously, very confused, brain worms, brain worms that he, that uh, were transmitted somehow maybe in Helsinki to Vladimir Putin. Because now Vladimir Putin's got the brain worms too, clearly. So, you know, going back to what we were saying about serious people in serious times, I think too many of us tend to vote based on these superficial kind of silly season uh, manufactured stories on social media and cable news. And we need to look at this crisis and reset how we prioritize leadership traits, especially the posts that really matter, president, Congress, so on. We need to prioritize competence, reason, sanity, stability, prudence, and we need to vote accordingly. We need to be voting for leadership, political leadership, based on these character traits, on the ability to be able to handle a situation like we're in right now and not derp us into World War III. And there are a lot of people talking about trying to make a, a parallel between now and, uh, you know, like 1939 and Poland and so on, and the, the Nazi blitzkrieg and, yep. and appeasement in World War II. And I, I do want to caution anyone who is, you know, kind of knee jerking into, oh, God, we're on the doorstep of World War III. Things have changed significantly since the 19. 19- 30s since world war ii ended especially we're in a different world where now economics plays such a greater role in international relations than it ever used to because of things like free trade we live in a a different world that you know allows for negotiations to occur on an economic level retaliation to occur on an economic level Mm -hmm. sanctions have a greater role in containment than they did 90 years ago or whatever it was. You know, so we need to be extra cautious about super... Once again, you know, I was talking about this when it came to... The old school uh, war is stupid and old-fashioned. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the war now is fought on the internet. It's fought economically. It's, you know, I mean, we've kind of figured out... And I think Russia is about to find out what the United States found out in Mm -hmm. Iraq and Afghanistan. The occupations are expensive and mushrooming, telescoping tasks that get way longer and way more complicated when nobody in the population wants you there. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, but I cut you off, Bob. That's all right. Well, I was saying, too, that uh, there was this idea that we're going to compare... Uh, Donald Trump to Adolf Hitler. And my concern with that was that that'll get everyone looking for very specific things that Adolf Hitler represented. And that's going to blind us to the reality of what Donald Trump is actually doing. 
Because if we try to superimpose all the Hitler things on Donald Trump, we're going to be looking for Hitler and we're going to miss the Trump shit because there are unique Trump things that he does that are despotic and awful, but may not have that specific Adolf Hitler patina. So what I'm saying now is— What do you feel, though, about people who are calling the Russia situation, though, like, you know, calling us Neville Chamberlain and and Putin Hitler— Yeah, right. Well, that's true. But the thing is, if we start to superimpose World War II onto what's happening now, we Mm. may miss the nuance of what Vladimir Putin is really up to. Because he's not motivated by the same things necessarily as Adolf Hitler. Uh, He's not motivated by the same things as Imperial Japan. So I think we're making a mistake insofar as we're drawing this comparison and extrapolating it into World War III. It's causing a lot of unnecessary panic. There are things to be panicked about when it comes to Russia and Ukraine and what's going on in Eastern Europe right now. But going all the, jumping all the way to World War III is, right. you know, 10,000 steps down the road. And there are many avenues in which we could inv- avoid entirely the notion of World War III. So keep your eyes open, but at the same time, don't feel like it's the end of the world and there are going to be mushroom clouds around every corner. We're not there There's a yet. whole set of circumstances yeah. with regards to an attack on U.S. soil, which happened at Pearl Harbor. That is, mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't get into World War II until so we, we had, had skin to. in the game. Yeah, yeah. And I just – there's no strategic advantage for the United States to go, start pouring forces into a land war in Asia. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, but I do feel like uh, – Trump, I mean, not Trump, Putin is kind of, <laughs> I mean, coming unglued. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what you were saying, you know, Trump infected him with the brain worms in Helsinki. Mm-hmm. And I do want to explore that and see what you guys have heard just from different people about, because, I mean, his speech the other night mm-hmm. was yeah. like, it went on for hours and it was like a, it was like a Trump rally speech. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying yesterday, like, yeah. If you have a righteous cause, you don't need more than 10 minutes to state your case. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you really don't have to talk for more than, you know, 30 minutes tops to Uh make your case because you have a righteous cause. For instance, the president of Ukraine. Hey, guys, pick up arms. We're fighting these guys. End of statement. Right. Well, it's like exercise. After the first 40 minutes, you start depleting yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, like you quit adding and you start subtracting. After you talk for more than an hour... You start undermining yourself just by being up there with your mouth still going. Yeah. And yeah. you're repetitive and all of that. And you're repetitive and all of that. And you're repetitive and all of that. Wait. <laughs> well, what are the what are the people there? And there are several Russia experts that you want to watch closely and pay attention to what they're saying. Michael McFall is one of them. Yeah. He's former Russian ambassador to the United States under uh, Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. He is one of the best Russia experts, and his point of view is invaluable in all of this. So last night on MSNBC, after the invasion began in earnest from the North, uh, McFall said uh, this was an overreach by Putin, and it could mean the end of his regime measured out mm-hmm. in years. And that's me paraphrasing what he was saying. But this is generally what he said. And he posted a follow-up tweet this morning that said, On this sad day, the only good news is that this invasion is the beginning of the end for Putin and Putinism. He will never subjugate Ukrainians. Never. They will resist by force mm-hmm. or other mm-hmm. more passive means forever. And so that's something I think we can use and we can rely on to be 
uh, pretty accurate as far as and an McFaul assessment has overall. personally been like toe to toe with Putin. I mean, he yeah. was like you know on Putin's ten most wanted list and had mm-hmm. to like leave Russia under secrecy. Yeah, right. because yeah. Putin was like desperate to kill him because he kept calling Putin's bluffs and calling him out. Well, unlike the previous guy who this <laughs> fucking madman. For four years in Washington, destabilizing Western alliances, undermining NATO, empowering Vladimir Putin at every turn. Mm -hmm. And now we're seeing the consequences of all of that. Uh, A weakened United States, a divided United States, a weakened NATO with the possibility that if Donald Trump or one of his copycats gets elected again, that process could continue once again. That could be resurrected by whoever. So no wonder Putin engaged in a major cyber attack to help Trump win back in 2016. Uh, 74 million Americans, by the way, dumb enough to buy into it all. And it's yep. like, okay, yeah, we're uh, fished in by this uh, obvious <laughs> disinformation campaign engaged by Russia against the United States to elect Donald Trump. And by the way, before you say that that's all a myth, this has all been confirmed by multiple reports issued by the Repu- then Republican-controlled Senate yep. Intelligence Committee. So if you think uh, the whole uh, Trump-Russia thing is a giant hoax and a conspiracy theory, go fuck yourself. Because this oh, has yeah. been 100% confirmed. Now, whether there was collusion, we also know there was collusion. Talk mm-hmm. to Paul Manafort mm-hmm. about his level of collusion with Konstantin Kalimnik. And, <laughs> Paul yeah. Manafort came straight from Ukraine to sit in the pilot chair of the Trump campaign for yeah. free. You're seeing a lot of people on uh, Fox News saying, oh, you know, this would never have happened if Donald Trump, Trump had been president. Uh-huh. Well, what do you think Donald <laughs> Trump would do differently than what we're doing right now? Are you suggesting that if he Donald Trump... It. Yeah, well, he would allow it. Or what would he do that would be more tougher on Vladimir Putin? Would, okay. he, would he use nukes? Would he do something that phenomenally dumb and self-destructive? Maybe. I mean, we don't know. That's why it's so important to prioritize stable personalities. I can tell you what Trump would be doing yeah. in this situation is whatever Vlad sends him on the you know his to-do list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, he was, I mean, really... Uh-huh. He had his hand so far up Trump's ass that, I mean, really, you could see his fingers when Trump would talk. Yeah. Trump uh, was going to remove the United States from NATO. Right. And he mm-hmm. was going to abandon yeah. our alliance with South Korea in his uh-huh. second term. This is something that he promised to do. This was something that was really going to happen. And because he was denied a second term... There's no one there to help out Vladimir Putin from Washington, except for maybe Fox News Channel and some fringe Republicans. I mean, it's it's kind of amazing where you're seeing Ted Cruz and the Senate Republicans saying, we stand with Ukraine, even though ah. Fox News Channel is doing everything they can to empower Vladimir Putin, mm-hmm. to praise Va- Vladimir Putin. And uh, as I said, we've got some clips along those lines coming Not up. Not just Fox News. I got to tell you, yesterday I was trying to take a nap between jobs. And Ben had Meet the Press on, which is always a recipe for apoplexy. Yeah. (laughs) But Chuck Todd actually said, this kind of makes you miss the coalition that we had with Iraq. What? 
I actually, he was like, he doesn't feel like the rest of the world is with us right now with yeah, the Biden are. administration. Are you kidding? Right? I mean, there are so many things wrong with that statement, let alone the fact that Iraq was a giant PR scheme yeah. that was a total lie and a massive humanitarian failure. And I really wanted someone to, you know, yank Chuck Todd up by his struggle bags and say, what about the refugee crisis, homie? What yeah. about Syria? What about, I, mean, I really miss when all our friends did this really stupid fucking thing with us. Yeah, and, and we wonder why people end up supporting stupid shit. Because people like Chuck Todd legitimize it. It's not like he's sitting in primetime on Fox News Channel and people take him with a grain of salt. He's on a legitimate news program called Meet the Press that has a 50, 60 year history. Um, here's that story I, I tracked down. This is a story from the Washington Post. goes back to July of last year, uh, talking about uh, Esper, the uh, Secretary of Defense, or the acting Secretary of Defense. Esper was a lifelong Republican and had worked at the Conservative Heritage Foundation as well as for Republican Senators Bill Frist and Chuck Hagel. But he told his closest mm-hmm. colleagues that as he watched TV news anchors cover the election results, he found himself rooting for the Democrat. Esper had worked with Biden and his Secretary of State in waiting, Anthony Blinken, when he he was a senior staffer on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. He had confidence that they were serious, stable people who cared deeply about shoring up national security. See, that's why, that's how we need to vote. We need to vote based on that. That you may not agree with everything they say politically, but they're serious, stable people who care deeply about shoring up national Mm -hmm. security. That's crucial, especially in times like this. So Esper couldn't say the same about Donald Trump. In fact, Trump had privately indicated that he would seek to withdraw from NATO and to blow up the U.S. alliance with South Korea should he win re-election. When those alliances had come up in meetings with Esper and other top aides, some advisors warned Trump that shredding them before the election would be politically dangerous. Quote, yeah, the second term, Trump had said. Quote, we'll do it in the second term. So this is where we would be right now with yeah. this Putin invasion. But because he's stripped of Donald Trump as an ally in Washington, doesn't mean he's changing his plans. These plans have been in place for a while now. Vladimir Putin knew exactly when he was going to go in. Why it always happens after the Winter Olympics is beyond me. But that's yeah, <laughs> completely no separate. 2014, right after the Winter Olympics. And uh, I don't know if Georgia in 2008 was after an Olympics, but I know this one was after an Olympics. It was, uh, no, because the Olympics were, because that was in the summer, I seem to recall, because it was right before the election. Okay, gotcha. Well, it might have been after the Summer Olympics, then. Was it the Summer Olympics since 2008? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know but I don't think there's any real correlation between those things. It's just a weird just coincidence. Weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's that. Donald Trump was going to pull out of NATO. And where would that have put us? What if Vladimir Putin uh, entered Poland, for example, instead of Ukraine or in addition to Ukraine? What then? United States no well, longer. That's a NATO, NATO thing then. Yeah. That's, that's NATO. Absolutely. That's, 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 that's World War III. Yeah, that's, that triggers. Well, it's not World War III, but it certainly triggers Article 5. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we're in a World War III scenario. Uh, Tom Hartman was stating today that Finland and Sweden are willing to, even though they're not members of NATO. Yeah. And Finland does uh, border Russia. 
they're right. willing to kind of like support whatever NATO does. Yeah, yeah. And actually, um, you know what? Speaking of Poland, President Duda. Look out. Oh, there we Camp go. Town Racers sing this song. Duda, Duda. <laughs> Camp Town Racetrack five miles long. Oh, Duda day. Hey, when in Eastern Europe? <laughs> we got to wheel that one yeah. out. Uh, President Duda has said that he assured his Ukrainian counterpart, Volodymyr Zelensky, of Poland's full support for Ukraine in the face of Russian aggression. Uh, Duda. Look out. Oh, uh, Camp Town Racers sing this song. <laughs> Duda, Duda. Right. Camp Town Racetrack five miles long. Oh, Duda day. <laughs> Duda and Zelensky talked on Monday night after uh, Putin, the Russian president. Stop calling him the Russian president, by the way. He's a fucking strong man who seized that office for life. Yes, he's a tyrant. Uh, Signed a decree recognizing the self-declared Donetsk and uh, Luhansk People's Republics in eastern Ukraine, which have been at war with Kiev since 2014 as self-styled independent states. Anyway, so, yeah, be careful about doom-scrolling and uh, doom-tweeting World War III things. Uh, meantime, pro-Ukraine protests have been reported in St. Petersburg. We're going to talk about that, and we're going to get into some of the fuckery that's happening on Fox News Channel and some of the fuckery that's coming out of Donald Trump's yapper here in uh, just one second. But before we do, let's talk about the after party. Every Friday, Kimberly Johnson and I record a fourth Bob Sesser Show podcast, but this one is different from the usual Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday shows because the Friday after party is loaded with all the politics you want while also including uncensored, completely obscene conversations about sex, drugs, movies, television, our personal lives, all the stuff we can't get away with on the free show. Like talking about on last week's show, which one of us farted in front of the other first? These are the hard-hitting topics we cover ooh, on the after party. Ooh, I haven't listened to the show, but I have a bet. Okay. <laughs> well, what is your guess, David? What do you think? Oh, I think it was you. Mm-mm. We're, we're not going to say. We're not going to spoil it. You have to listen to the after party to know for sure. So please help support this podcast by subscribing to our Friday after party for just $10 per month. And bonus, you're also going to get two Shadow Docket shows every week included in that level of support. That's bobseskashow.com or just click the all caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. And we thank you. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Bob Seska. This is the great Pasha Black and a song called Rainy Night from the Lookalike Stream. Those of you who've been with the show for a while know that Pasha Black is from Kiev, Ukraine. So we're uh, showing our solidarity here musically with uh, one of our friends from Ukraine. 
Link in the description to support Pasha Black. In fact, you know what? We're playing another Pasha Black song a little later in the show. And uh, I think this sort of shit is important. I mean, one of the first things I thought about when uh, it was announced last night that the bombings had begun is that, you know, I wonder what's going on with Pasha Black. I wonder what's going on with Malcolm Nance. Malcolm Nance is there right now. Uh, in fact, we talked to him uh, last week, uh, live from uh, Kiev. Are shells already falling on Kiev, or are they mainly concentrating on border cities right um, now? Uh, the suburbs of Kiev, I believe, were getting hit earlier today, but I don't <sighs> Yeah, we don't know for sure. I They have, I think last night there were reports of them hitting military installations. Yeah, and, and airports the airport. and things like that, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they bomb like the actual airport facility as much as they bomb the runways to make it impossible to use the runways. Right. I don't know and which of them. Yeah. Is, is Biden finished talking by now? Yeah, yeah. By the time you've heard this show, Joe Biden will have already spoken about this. He uh, delivered some remarks last night, and I think these- more sanctions going, that they're going to be harder. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's that's why I'm dying to hear what he's saying as we record this show. So those of you uh, in the future, (laughs) you've got that information, and we don't necessarily have that information. But here's Joe Biden's statement from last night. He said, the prayers of the world are with the people of Ukraine tonight as they suffer an unprovoked and unjustified attack by Russian military forces. President Putin has chosen a premeditated war that will bring catastrophic loss of life and human suffering. Russia alone is responsible for the death and destruction this attack will bring, and the United States and its allies and partners will respond in a united and decisive way. The world will hold Russia accountable. I will be monitoring the situation from the White House this evening and will continue to get regular updates from my national security team. Tomorrow, I will meet with my G7 counterparts in the morning and then speak to the American people to announce the further consequences the United States and our allies and partners will impose on Russia for this needless act of aggression against Ukraine and global peace and security. We will also coordinate with our NATO allies to ensure a strong united response that deters any aggression against the alliance. Tonight, Jill and I are praying for the brave and proud people of Ukraine, and thank God this guy is in the White House right now. Thank fucking God that it's Joe Biden. Thank God that 82 million Americans last year or in 2020, uh, voted for Joe Biden and voted to oust that uh, cackling buffoon. Um, Contrast that with what Donald Trump is saying right now. The other day, I think it was Tuesday night, this is what he said. I went in yesterday, and there was a television screen, (laughs) and I said, this is... Person, man, woman, TV camera. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I went in yesterday, and there was a television screen, and I said, this is genius, Trump recalled. Putin declares a big portion of the Ukraine, he says, you know, because he's a national security genius. He's still saying the Ukraine. Uh He also calls it Kiev, doesn't he? Yeah, probably. And then he corrected himself and said, of Ukraine. Putin declares it as independent. Oh, that's wonderful, he said. I said, how smart is that? And he's going to go in and be a peacekeeper. That's the strongest peace force. We could use that on our southern border. That's the strongest peace force I've ever seen. There were more army tanks than I've ever seen. They're going to keep peace all right. No, but think of it. Here's a guy who's very savvy. Fuck you! Yeah. This is the man who tried to buy Greenland, okay, folks? Yeah. Remember? (laughs) Yeah. Greenland is a strategic place up there, and uh, they got a lot of valuable minerals. I don't want to predict an outcome. I'm just saying the president 
who knows a thing or two about buying real estate wants to take a look I, at and low I, interest rates, no inflation, virtually no inflation, Chuck Todd. So it's I actually think it's a pretty Chuck good Todd. story. And again, let me echo my theme. <laughs> Let's not be afraid of some optimism. Optimism. Let me echo my theme because I see there's two of you right now. Chuck Todd. He was <laughs> talking to so- say definitively. Because we can't pronounce definitively. Where was he? He was on CNN or something. I forget who was interviewing him, but it certainly wasn't Chuck Todd. And But whoever it was, he referred no, it was to him Jake as Chuck Tapper Todd. Jake Tapper or something. Oh, Jake Tapper, it? yeah. He's calling him it's Chuck America. Todd. <laughs> oh, my God. Why don't we have those guys back in control? Man, this would be completely different, is what they're saying, if Donald Trump and Larry Kudlow were back in the White House. Greenland is a strategic place. <laughs> Jesus Christ. God. Because oh it's just all God. real estate, you know. <laughs> it's just like, you know, the best idea we ever had. Make a real estate developer the president. Because the whole world is just real estate. <sighs> you got any more coke? <laughs> <laughs> so Vladimir Putin's very savvy, according to Donald Trump. I, I guess people with brainworms can recognize it in other people. And they just they, they think it's all normal because they're <laughs> seeing the world in the same twisted way. He and, thinks anyone uh, who can just kill their enemies is, is quote unquote savvy. That's like his definition of street smart. Yeah, it's, it's very like strong. Can, Everything is about you know strong, being strong. Charlie Kirk was saying the yeah. exact same thing. Donald Trump and moron Charlie Kirk are on the same fucking page. Charlie Kirk said it's So we're going to invade and occupy Mexico? That's a good plan? Yes, absolutely. Uh, this is where we would be. Plan. Yeah, if the election had gone the other way. The Charlie Kirk foreign policy would be implemented. He said, Charlie Kirk said at CPAC today, the southern border is a lot more important than the Ukraine border. A dispute 5,000 miles away in cities we can't pronounce. Well, you can't oh, pronounce Kiev. But the rest of us can. This is the don't go to college guy, right? Yeah, and yeah. places we can't find on a map. Well, what, that says more about you morons than it does about Seriously, anyone else. Dude, if you, you can't, can't find, find your fucking ass with a map and a flashlight, <laughs> shithead. Like, I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, oh, God. Now yes. we're going to hear about the, you know, we get some ponderous thoughts on Eastern Europe from Sebastian Gorka. Oh, why, oh, why can we not have Donald Trump in charge again? So here uh, now, uh, Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson, who is Donald Trump's best buddy. In fact, this clip I'm about to play is being rebroadcast on Russian state television with Russian subtitles. That's how much Vladimir Putin wow. loves, loves, loves Russia. Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson goes on and Vladimir Putin starts doing this. Fun. Oh, look, it's Tucker. Fun, fun. Fun. <laughs> Here's Tucker Carlson. I think this was, uh, what, Tuesday night or Wednesday night? Since the day that Donald Trump became president, Democrats in Washington have told you you have a patriotic duty to hate Vladimir Putin. It's not a suggestion, it's a mandate. Anything less than hatred for Putin is treason. Okay. Ugh, every time I hear him, I just, he's like the nightmare customer when yeah. you're trying to wait tables. You know, just, yeah. this, is the, this is the voice of the American right. What, I'm just asking questions. Yeah, well, that's just yeah. it. What he does is he implants questions that you know, are in the form of confirmation bias. It's like, here are the questions you ought to be asking. And you're probably already asking these questions. Like, why should we care about Vladimir Putin? Like we've talked about before, Tucker Carlson on his show saying, I mean, what is racism anyway? What does it even mean? 
You know, it's like it's the worst kind of pandering because, you know, his Fox News audience gobbles it up with a spoon. They're like, yeah, what is racism anyway? I don't understand it. Or they listen to Charlie Kirk. I don't know how to pronounce these names of cities in Ukraine. I don't even know where Ukraine is. I had Tucker Carlson to get on a show tonight and say, do any of you really even know where Ukraine is on a map? And why should you know? He's encouraging them to be deliberately ignorant about this shit. Let's continue. Many Americans have obeyed this directive. They now dutifully hate Vladimir Putin. Maybe you're one of them. Hating Putin has become the central purpose of America's foreign policy. It's the main thing that we talk about. Entire cable channels are now devoted to it. Very soon, that hatred of Vladimir Putin could bring the United States into a conflict in Eastern Europe. Okay, here's where the questions begin. Before that happens, it might be worth asking yourself, since it is getting pretty serious, what is this really about? Why do I hate Putin so much? Mm -hmm. Has Putin ever called me a racist? Has he threatened to get me fired for disagreeing with him? Has he shipped every middle-class job in my town to Russia? Did he manufacture a worldwide pandemic that wrecked my business and kept me indoors for two years? Is he teaching my children to embrace racial discrimination? Is he making fentanyl? Is he trying to snuff out Christianity? Does he oh, eat stop, dogs? Bob, stop. These are fair questions. These are fair questions, guys. They're fair I'm questions. I'm going to pop a blood vessel. <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite is, has he tried to cancel me for disagreeing with him? Is he talking about Vladimir Putin? <laughs> Who kills journalists? Who kills, I mean, yeah. what the fuck? Yep. So this is just, if there's any justice in the universe at all, Tucker Carlson will spend his eternity in hell while demons shit boiling tar into his mouth. Well, this yeah. is <laughs> like I just. Yep. This is exactly the kind of dangerous shit that we talk about all the time. This is basically saying, here are the things that are important to you. These are your priorities. Making sure that you don't have to share a bathroom with a trans person. Making sure that you don't have to be called racist when you're shopping at Walmart. You know, this is the kind of shit. These are the that's important... What, he was like, did Vladimir Putin call me a racist? I was like, no, Tucker, that's the fucking rest of the known world. Yeah, these are the important <laughs> things that matter in your life. And because Vladimir Putin doesn't fit within this narrow set of talking points, then it doesn't matter what Vladimir Putin does. It doesn't matter. Is is Vladimir Putin disrupting the southern border and carrying fentanyl across the bo- You know, th- it, it, because he's not, therefore he doesn't matter. These right. are the only things that matter to you, Americans. Oh, citizens. Boiling tar into his mouth. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. So uh, Steve Bannon and Eric Prince uh, were on their show praising Putin for the exact same reasons. It's like, it's almost as if they were organized here's steve bannon yesterday putin ain't woke he is anti-woke the russians people still know which bathroom to use they know how many how many genders are there in russia two okay that's all of a sudden that's 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 not that's not they don't have the flags they don't have the pride flags outside on their on their they don't have boys swimming in girls uh college swim meets how backward it's, it's how, embarrassing. How, how savage. How medieval. How, how medieval. This is why this whole thing's a scam. It's a total and complete scam. Mm-hmm. There you go. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. these men are cunts. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. just going to come right out. Right. I just, God, I want a pair of brass knuckles and an appointment with their teeth. Just like, I mean, let's hear you talk about bathrooms now, Mike Flynn, when you're spitting fragments of tooth into the sideboards. <laughs> just. God. Uh, yeah. Uh, Once again, if it doesn't fall into these narrow uh, slots of things you care about, then it's fine. What Vladimir Putin invading a sovereign democracy, fine. Seizing Chernobyl, fine. Bombing civilian areas, no problem, because it's not here. It's in places right. I can't pronounce. The Republican Party is an empty suit. The Republican Party is 1,000% soulless. Tucker Carlson and Steve Bannon are engaged in what can only be defined as the quintessential cynical cash grab. This is all about confirmation bias for ratings and cash. Tucker Carlson doesn't believe the shit that he's talking about, and I guarantee Steve Bannon doesn't either. They are empty suits. They are... Mike Flynn, though, have, I think that little shit is really genuinely this fucked up. I think I his know. brain is just, like, fried. Yeah, All the fuses yeah. are, like, switched to on, and the needles are in the red, and mm -hmm. he's just like, transgenders, I hate them! You know, like, just yeah. give me my gun, I can't sleep. Yeah, that, just, that, I mean, that may very well be. That may very well be the yeah. case. That They're just bananas. But at the same time, they and Flynn is the only one I'm thinking that. I mean, you know, Steve Bannon just wants to shit in a gold toilet and drink 200-year-old wine. Yeah. Well, they you know, I mean, they like, understand where their bread is buttered. They understand where the money is. They understand that there is cash and then there are morons. You know what I mean? There's an entire mm -hmm. de there's an entire demographic saying, "Here, take my money." They're giving it to Save America PAC. They're giving it to Make America Great Again PAC. What did we see the other day? Donald Trump spent $370,000 on himself from donor money to the Make America Great Again PAC. He took Make America Great Again PAC money and uh, used it for a headquarters in Trump Tower uh, for rent, specifically, in those headquarters. And they, you know, the headquarters sits empty, not being used. You know why? You know what happened there? Donald Trump said, okay, I'm going to take this money and I'm going to use this money for myself. Just like yeah. Trump Foundation. I'm going to take people's money that they donated to me for a cause, and instead of giving it to that cause, I'm going to give it to me. <laughs> That's what Donald Trump does. That's what Steve Bannon does. That's what Tucker Carlson does every fucking night. He's selling confirmation bias to enrich himself, and he believes none of it. Tucker Carlson, Steve Bannon, they may have some form of conservative values, but I think whatever, you know, you look in the tank, I think it's on fumes. Whatever values are there, barely there. They just want more money and not to pay taxes. Exactly. And they gen up these social issues because it gets the red hats a fuming, mm -hmm. mobilizes uh -huh. them. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, in the meantime, Ronnie Jackson said, the time has come for sanctions on senior officials in the Canadian government. What? If they have anything in American banks, it needs to be frozen. So Ronnie Jackson deeply Is that concerned. Dr. Provigil? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah, Mr. Like, you know, healthiest president ever with a svelte Coca-Cola bottle-shaped body that just makes this old doctor sweat like a school girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, Ronnie Jackson. The real yeah, threat I'm is Justin Trudeau and Canada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blame Canada. It's South Park all over again. Yeah. I mean, I know the people who need to hear this aren't listening to the show. Yeah. 
But Jesus God, stop voting for morons who have no sense of history, no sense of priority, no sense of what matters in political leadership. All they have is this, you know, as I keep saying, this confirmation bias that they're selling to rubes and the rubes are buying it like fucking Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. It's a, an amazing thing to watch. And by amazing, I mean terrible and horrible and damaging. Uh, I don't know how much it's resonating because I think there's going to be a little bit of confusion arising from the fact that Fox News is saying one thing, defending Vladimir Putin, and then people like Ted Cruz and the Senate Republicans and so on come out and say, yes, we're condemning Vladimir Putin. And then the steam starts shooting out of the ears of all the red hats, moistening their baseball caps, and, and they don't know what to do. So consequently, it's just, you know, they continue to screech and freak out and act out in public. Mm-hmm. The, you know, more caravans, and which are now... flight attendants. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, um, I want to talk about, I want to take a minute to talk about the New York DA thing that yeah. came down before all this happened. Uh, we're going to take a short break and come back and we're going to hit this topic. Uh, I didn't want to spend the whole time talking about Russia and Ukraine, but this is pretty important too. Uh, back with more show right after these words. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska plays more music. Solidarity with uh, Ukraine's Pasha Blast. This is a remastered version of September's Tale, which uh, I believe originally appeared on the Lookalike stream. But now it's a standalone single everywhere you get your digital music. Link in the description to support Pasha Black. It's going to take you over to the uh, Apple Music area to uh, purchase music from Pasha Black. But of course, all you got to do is go to uh, Google, search for Pasha Black Music. And you'll have some other options. I think there's a Reverb Nation uh, page and so on. So please go and support Pasha Black, especially now uh, straight out of uh, Kiev, Ukraine. Okay, so, God, where were we? I'm just, I'm scrolling through my list. We covered a lot of territory. New York DA. Yeah, New York DA. Okay, so Alvin Bragg is the new New York DA, the Manhattan DA. And he inherited this investigation and grand jury from Cy Vance, the previous district attorney. And, of course, what the grand jury is doing is it's in the process of investigating Donald Trump personally 
for this process of inflating and deflating assets based on what Donald Trump needs, whether it's uh, insurance applications, loan applications, uh, tax returns, and so on. And so since the last fall, uh, this grand jury has been impaneled. Um, they've been, you know, introducing evidence, uh, having witnesses interviewed in front of the grand jury and so on for depositions. And then yesterday, we got word that two of the prosecutors, Dunn and Pomerantz, I think... Uh, I think Pomerantz is the last uh, last name of the other guy. Yeah, they decided to uh, step away. They decided to resign their posts uh, at the district attorney's office. And uh, and then subsequently, of course, the criminal investigation into Donald Trump's shady business practices. So the report why? about this, well, that's a, this is a good question. The report didn't say exactly why Bragg appears to be backing down from the prosecution, but that's why they uh, stepped down, because... Yeah. Alvin Bragg, who replaced Cy Vance, reportedly has, quote, doubts about moving forward with the case against Trump. Now, bear in mind here, this was a, a source of a lot of angst yesterday on social media, yeah. a lot of people freaking out. And, I'm, you know, initially I was like, what the fuck is this? But at the same time, um, bear in mind that the New York district attorney has already, and this is Cy Vance last year, has already filed criminal charges against the Trump organization, and for that matter, Alan Weisselberg. Mm -hmm. So there is that proceeding. Now, this extra thing with the grand jury uh, is specifically about Donald Trump and I believe his kids. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know why, but there has been a stall in, I think, for the last month or so in introducing new evidence and in interviewing new witnesses in front of the grand jury. There hasn't been anything happening in this past month. Shouldn't the Mazar's revelation speed things back up because then they can mm -hmm. interview all these all accountants. Sight. I yeah. mean, well, I think that will also apply to Letitia James and well, her no, investigation. I mean, and yeah, I mean, her investigation can turn over stuff for criminal indictment and Mazar's, I mean, if I were Brig, it's Biggs, um, the DA in New York, I'd be like, hi, Mazar's, can I have a chat with you? I yeah, mean, yeah. Well, right now, because mm. the Trump organization has already been charged for, I believe it was... Uh, this whole scam where they were reimbursing uh, employees using gifts right. in order to circumvent the tax law. And so that's why the Trump organization has been criminally charged. Uh, Alan Weisselberg has been charged, and that's Trump's CFO, the Trump organization. He's been right. charged with tax fraud. So those two things are still on the table. It's not like Donald Trump and the Trump organization are getting away with uh, everything. But that was the reaction, right? Oh, God, we're never going to get Donald Trump. We're ne he's never going to get charged with anything. And that's not the case because the Trump organization has already been charged. Alan Weisselberg already been charged. Plus, on top of everything else, there are 18 other cases pending against Trump. Buzz and I talked about, well, they were, at the time there were 19. <laughs> and this one, this one still hasn't gone away, by the way. Right. Just because these two prosecutors resign and Bragg seems a little iffy on this whole thing, having doubts, allegedly, according to New York Times, uh, that doesn't mean it's dissolved yet. I mean, it may dissolve tomorrow. Who knows? They may just drop it. And the grand jury, I think, expires at the end I of March. I can also see being a prosecutor in a, lim a department with limited resources. Yeah. Understanding that Donald Trump's tactic is to delay and delay and delay and mm -hmm. waste your money and waste your money and waste your money. And if anyone knows that, it's Manhattan legal people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that, you know, maybe they're just like, you know, well, 
we've got other fish to fry. The you know, state courts will get this. Atlanta will get this. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's I a lot. Know, maybe it's, it's a lot for a local DA to be able to deal with. Uh, you know, a former president. And this would be the first criminal prosecution of a former president if it were to go forward. Whoever ends up being the first to charge Donald Trump directly will be the first in American history to do something like that. And I'm not making excuses for Alvin Bragg here. I think Alvin Bragg should go where the evidence leads him. And if it just so happens that there's not enough evidence to uh, to hand down an indictment by the grand jury, then there's not enough evidence to do it. I mean, we've, we're talking about a guy who spent the last 40, 50 years evading the law. Yeah. And so he knows how to do it. I mean, this is one of the things that Donald Trump is skilled in, circumventing legal comeuppance, whether it's buying off people or, or whatever. These are all the rumored ways that Donald Trump avoids being held legally accountable, and which he's probably trying to continue to do now. 18 cases, minus this uh, Bragg case, if he drops it. And four of the cases in the 18 are actual criminal cases. So if we take Bragg's case off the table, there are still four other pending criminal cases against Trump, including criminal charges already handed down against the Trump organization, as I said. And we might be able to add the National Archives theft case to that list soon if we believe Merrick Garland and think that he may go down that road. Now, we don't know for sure, but the other day Merrick Garland said about the classified documents Donald Trump stole found at Mar-a-Lago is that we will do what we always do under these circumstances, look at the facts of the law and take it from there. So that was Merrick Garland's response to the uh, classified document theft by Donald Trump. So that may be on the table too, and that's not one of the 18 things. Certainly not one of the four. We will look at the relevant data and do what we always do. Make concerned statements and then very little that you can see. (laughs) Yeah, and you know what? That very well might be the case. But if I'm looking at 18 different things here with four of those being criminal cases, I'm thinking some of those things are going to stick to the wall. I wouldn't worry necessarily about Donald Trump getting away with everything. And once again, uh, much like other, uh, and I'm not saying I'm a prosecutor, but other prosecutors have said that the Fonnie Willis investigation in Fulton County, Georgia, is a big fucking deal. That's where yeah, Trump. Really no, I mean, no one can say there's insufficient evidence there. That's an hour and twenty minutes of evidence. Yeah, right. Of that idiot running his mouth. Mm-hmm. So uh, <sighs> don't worry about it. Don't start rending your garments just yet. Accountability is still on the table here. Legal comeuppance still on the table here. I mean, many of these eighteen cases are lawsuits. But still, you know, removing Donald Trump from his money and vice versa is uh, is pretty damn good as far as I'm concerned. Because Donald Trump loves him, the money. Yeah. Dissolving the Trump organization would be a big fucking deal. And that's where Letitia James is headed. We know that Letitia James has already dissolved the Trump Foundation. We know that her predecessor, Eric Schneiderman, dissolved Trump University. These things are possible. Don't believe every, uh, you know, doom tweeter on Twitter who says, oh, God, he's going to get away with everything and nothing's going to happen that's bad to him. I don't know if that's the case. I, I think thing, I think bad just shit like the whole thing is that he's happen. millions of dollars in debt. If you or me or yeah. Jody was millions of dollars in debt, hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars in debt, do you think we'd be able to just sit here and talk on them? I, no. <laughs> no. I mean, during the Great Recession... Uh, when I filed a Chapter 7, I was $300,000 in debt. It was all business debt. 
but the, I couldn't sleep at night. And that was only a teeny tiny, teeny tiny fraction of the $590 million that Donald Trump is in debt that we know of. Right. So, yeah, there's a lot of shit that Donald Trump has to live with right now. And some of that shit is going to explode in his face. We, I still haven't ruled out seeing Donald Trump getting frog marched out of Mar-a-Lago with his stupid white golf shoes and his man boobs. It's going to happen. And his face like the inside of an asshole. <laughs> All right. On that note, that's when we shall <laughs> wrap up the free portion of the show. Getting ready to go over to the uh, Shadow Docket on our Patreon page. That's our uh, extra material. That's actually Act 3 of the show. So if you're listening to this show, you're only hearing the first two acts. You haven't you haven't gotten to the climax of the show yet, which happens on the Shadow Docket uh, podcast on our Patreon page, bobseskashow.com. You want to listen, it's $5 a month. And you get for that. And rest assured, when you do reach the climax, Bob will be sweating over you, going, "Are you close? Are you close? <laughs> Are you close?" <laughs> and so, yes. Um, what was I saying? Five dollars a month. <laughs> Five dollars a month to listen to us climax on the show is what we're talking about here, uh, and that happens twice a week. So you get, depending on the month, you get like eight Shadow Docket shows per month. For just five bucks, plus you're supporting the show, and that's the really, really important thing. If you want to, if you're feeling saucy, why don't you power up to ten dollars a month? Then you get the shadow dockets, plus you get the Friday after party with me and Kimberly Johnson every Friday, and uh, people love that show. That's where the real action <laughs> happens, especially our endless discussions about our farting habits. Yeah, <laughs> actually, it was only last show that we did that. You know what we're going to do tomorrow? We're going to talk about uh, our favorite uh, TV theme songs. That's going to be one of the things we talk oh, about. Fun. Yes, because we can't spend the whole damn show talking about Russia because Kimberly will kill me. Yes, she will. <laughs> we don't want that to happen. Okay, have a great weekend. We'll see you on the after party. If not, we'll see you again on Tuesday. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.